0: It's Teffle Waffle Time!
1: Yay! This is Teffle Waffle.
0: Welcome to Waffle Devil, With Troy and Steve. What are we waffling about, Steve?
1: Today we're waffling about the question that I've been often asked, which is, should I teach in an American English way or a British English way?
0: Yes, I've been asked that umpty-tween times.
1: So the question is, should you teach American English or British English? And there you go, that's the question.
0: Right, and the answer is yes. <laughs> you should teach American or British English. I, I mean that as a serious answer. You should teach one or the other.
1: So as an American, you should teach American, and as a Brit, you should teach British.
0: No. Oh. You should teach one or the other, regardless. I'm an Australian, so should I teach American or British or Australian?
1: Yeah, but what is Australian English?
0: Uh, a weird hodgepodge of American, British and made-up Australian.
1: And I'm a South African.
0: So you sh- should teach things like... Oh, no, man. Oh, shame, eh?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the, your, your answer is be consistent.
0: My answer is be consistent. Uh, I think... I think if you're going to answer this question, I can give the really simple answer. And it is a simple, consistent answer. Take a look at the book your students are using. If the book is a, a British English, uh, for example, uh, it doesn't teach, do you have any sisters? It teaches, have you got any sisters? So it uses some British grammar. Uh, it teaches, uh, let me think of a vocab. Area it teaches Pavement. boot, not trunk, okay. All right, or oh, hood, not bonnet. Oh, sorry, bonnet, other way around, not good, bonnet, yeah. bonnet, bonnet, not hood. Yeah, uh, then yes, from a vocabulary and grammar perspective, your students are going to have that grammar and vocab on their test, most likely. Uh, therefore, teach them what th- they're going to need to know.
1: Now, if they're on their test, if they write hood instead of bonnet. It's not strictly speaking. Wait,
0: who's correcting the test?
1: Well, you are. I am? Yes. Oh, then
0: fine. Never mind. I don't care which one. Oh,
1: is there another option?
0: Yeah, somebody's correcting it from the answer key. The answer key says bonnet.
1: Yeah.
0: And you used hood. You're wrong. Yeah. The answer key said... Okay, the the classic one for this. This is the one I actually use as, as an example in class on the weekend, at the weekend, yeah. where on the weekend is grammatically incorrect in British English and at the weekend is grammatically incorrect in American English. Uh, so if, even if I'm uh, it's a fair marker, if I'm correcting the exam, uh, and I'm quite fair, and I know that Bonnet and Hood are both fine, then I don't deduct a mark, but as an American English speaker, I don't know that on the weekend is acceptable and correct in British English, so I accidentally marked them wrong, because to my eyes, it's wrong. Right. So, yeah, I've got to, I I do have to differentiate between what's going to be on the test and what I'm going to mark on the test.
1: Okay, but if there's two classrooms next door to each other, one teacher has a one classroom has a teacher who's sensitive to the differences and accepts both.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the classroom next door has a teacher who's...
0: Uh, Mono... M- Mono... Mono...
1: dialectic. Ooh. Nice, know. nice. Um, then he's going to mark that wrong and so our students are going to have different uh, responses from the markers based on the fact teachers are either sensitive to the differences or not.
0: Okay, so this, this question is... Should I correct the student's dialect? Not should I teach it, but should I correct it?
1: Yeah, well, I, I think the big question here is, since we have two standards...
0: No, we have much more, many more than two, yeah, okay. but anyway, so, so, Right, yeah. so I was going to go
1: there. So we have two standards. So we, if we can have two, then we can have three, because there's Australian, and there's Canada, Canadian, and there's, and there's South African, and, and then New Zealand. Zealand and, 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 and if we're going to go through all of that, and each one of those five is six each one of those six Irish English that's going to have to yep. be an option
0: yes um, well actually uh, if we going to go down this road I can remember this fact there are five American Englishes there are five distinctly different uh, in terms of both grammar and vocabulary uh, so an easy one for anyone who's American would be do you call it pop or do you call it soda or the outlier do you call it coke where every uh, carbonated beverage is a Coke or is every carbonated beverage a soda, a soda or is it a pop or yeah. is it a soda pop? Right. That matter?
1: Well, yes, and then there's also Buck and Pale, um, depending if you're in the south or the north. And
0: uh, if you're from New York, you don't stand in line. You stand online.
1: Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. Mm.
0: But you don't stand online or in line in the UK. You queue mm. or queue up. Uh, but wait, there's... I can't actually remember the number. I think it's nineteen British Englishes. Yeah, well, there's
1: a lot, and and the thing the thing is, of course, that the more the more regional you become, the more dialectic it is. Yes. So the the more idiosyncratic it is. So somebody who's just come from
0: Arkansas, Yorkshire, <laughs> Arkansas. <laughs>
1: okay, Yorkshire. Yes, is going to have a very distinctive way of, of mostly pronouncing
0: uh, yeah okay come back to the pronunciation one because that's a big topic
1: yeah but um, but in se- terms of collocation
0: yeah. uh, even grammar to s- to a smaller degree vocabulary to a larger degree well,
1: pragmatically as well I, I mean a student says can we say if somebody says how are you can I say I'm good well then a British person would say no you can't and an American would say sure uh, that's just fine
0: uh, I think the British person would be quite anal to say you can't say I'm good.
1: Well, I mean that's, I'm that's pushing how are you? it quite far. No, no, no,
0: well. no. You need a better example. <laughs> um, oh, uh, an American would never accept Happy Christmas, mm. ever, and a lot of Brits would. Mm. Uh, now, whilst Merry Christmas is the common one, Happy Christmas in UK has become an acceptable alternative. Happy Christmas instead of Merry. But an American would always go, what? No, it's Happy New Year, Merry Christmas. That's the right. wrong collocation. So here we go. If
1: if there are five or six or seven different standards, which we're going to accept...
0: Then there's 47. Yes, there's seven, there's then, 47. Yeah, well
1: then... Uh, but then what about Singaporean English?
0: Yeah, that's how it got to 47. Right, yeah. Yeah. We um, have to keep going. And then, I mean, look, uh, I remember it was a very passing thing in a paper that I was reading they were talking about Indian Englishes mm. the, the different not Indian English as a dialect Indian Englishes yeah. multiple different English language dialects within India yeah. uh, and then there's, there's probably 17 of those in India
1: well I mean if we're going to take even if we take Indian English as an English um, then you've got sentences like I'm understanding what you're talking about as a correct sentence because that. And what
0: is your good name, sir? Yeah. Yeah, what? yeah.
1: Which, well, which is actually grammatically not problematic, but so pragmatically not, it's weird. Yes. You know? um, but I'm understanding what you're talking about, or I'm loving this. Well, that's become yeah, yeah, that's, that's become McDonald's. Like. Matter, so. Yeah. Uh, and and those kinds of things would be marked incorrect because. Understand is a state of verb, and it doesn't yep. take the present continuous tense, and this is a standard that we've all been following for the last two hundred yeah. years. But yeah, the um,
0: well, last recent forever, I should right. say. Uh,
1: so this is the question which we now face with with the world Englishes movement. Is is that English is no longer a monolith, and there are lots of variations.
0: But it always has been.
1: It always has been, but
0: but it just hasn't been recognised as being that way.
1: And and I think that. Teachers who know it are okay with it, but teachers who are and particularly second language teachers, te- English teachers whose English hmm? teachers, English teachers for whom English is not a native language. Oh, okay. Non-native English teachers. Yeah. Have a big problem with this because the right considering.
0: What is right is important. And right. Is right. 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 It's correct. And anything that's not correct is incorrect. Well, and I
1: think for the students as well, because if they're learning English and they want to be correct, they want yeah. to have.
0: Uh, and the answer, which one do I use, teacher? Right. If
1: they want, if they're going to write an email, they're going to. They don't want to sound like English is a problem for them. They want to sound right.
0: Um, okay, let's let's take a, a simple example. So the reason why I remember the do you have have you got one is because it actually happened in my class quite recently. The students are uh, adult Thai learners. They all knew. Do you have any sisters, or how many sisters do you have? They all knew it that way. None of them knew how many sisters have you got, or have you got any sisters. None of them knew that. Okay. But that's what was in their book, and "do you have" was not in their book. So, in this case, now I'm Australian, and do you have is fine, and have you got is fine. But I know that in British English, have you got is more common, and in American English, do you have is more common, and I've even heard a lot of Americans saying, my teacher told me that have you got is technically incorrect, and it's, it's lazy English, or it's slang, or it's some other okay. variation on yes. it's not really correct. Okay. Uh, which is not true. It's not... Blazy or slang, but it is regional.
1: Well, I've got a better example because this is one that actually does upset me because I think it's wrong. Okay. Um, and I've just got to think what it is. What would you? What you would? What would you have done? What would you have done? Okay. Yeah. Then instead of have, what would you have done? It's of. What would you? Uh, no, that's done? wrong. Yeah, no,
0: absolutely. Sorry, that's that's not an English question. Right. What, no. But it's. No. V- but it's. It's not.
1: <laughs> no. It is. Nope. In, in American English. A lot of Americans use this as... Ah,
0: sorry, we're getting into the... Uh, if mistakes become common enough, this is the, induc- this is the prescriptive-descriptive argument, when mis- mistakes become so common... They
1: become the norm. They
0: be- no, they become an acceptable alternative, and perhaps long-term, they actually become the norm, and the, air quotes, correct one starts to die out. That's a prescriptive grammar, descriptive grammar argument. And if I would have known, it's incorrect. Both prescriptively and descriptively.
1: Well, it's not. Because if if, if 40% of the population of America, for example, uses would have as of, then it's no longer wrong uh, in an American context.
0: I'm... Okay. See
1: now, this is the problem with world English of course, for a language no, no, no. teacher.
0: Let, let's let's settle <laughs> this, because what I've just made me cringe. Okay, no. okay,
1: okay. So I'm going no, no, to no.
0: open. I, I'm going to give you a simple way of defining whether something is descriptively correct. So, what is what okay. is descriptive grammar? Uh,
1: descriptive grammar is grammar that follows the patterns of usage across okay. the change. Okay. the
0: change. So we analyze what is the the standard, the commonly used grammar rules, vocabulary, etc., etc., and based on that common usage, we then say, therefore, this is the the pattern which equals the rule that people follow, right? Okay, so, I'm a native English speaker, and you're a native English speaker. Mm -hmm. If I hear you say, I'm going to draw some money...
1: Which is what I'd say.
0: Which is what a South African would say. To every other native English speaker, except a South African, that's wrong. Therefore, it's wrong. It's only correct in South African English. It's not correct in Standard English. So therefore, it's descriptively incorrect. Okay, so hold that thought.
1: Okay, so now, now as a South African, I say that, and the rest of South Africa also says that. Yes. I go into a classroom and I teach the students we can draw money from the ATM.
0: Yeah, and then I come in behind you and slap you with a wet fish.
1: Yes, but now the students have said, well, my teacher taught
0: draw some money. And, and I have to answer, that's only correct in South Africa. Okay, so... Don't for, use from, that from from unless you're in South Africa.
1: We, we can now extrapolate this. We've got an American and a British teacher both teaching the same yep. class. And one has taught hood and the other one is taught bonnet. Yes. That's a bit of a dumb example. One is taught pail and one is taught bucket okay. or whatever it is and the students are now confused, and both are...
0: Ah, ooh, this is much a okay. much better way of looking at it.
1: No, uh, the American says, well, I'm right. The British person says, I'm right. They both say the other is wrong.
0: And, and I say both of them are wrong.
1: Because you say?
0: What was in the friggin' book that's going to be on the friggin' test? Yeah, but, okay, for, but draw, For flippin' flip's sake.
1: Uh, yeah, but that wasn't actually in the book. This is a, a sort of side topic, like, like would have. It hasn't come up as an actual... One of the students has written would of... I mark it right, you mark it wrong. No.
0: This thing, uh, all English speakers with the exception of South Africa know that draw money is not the standard, okay? Therefore, it's not descriptively acceptable. An American English speaker will hear or see would of and go, that's incorrect. So that's not a dialect issue. That's a common error issue. That's the same if we're going down that road, then different spellings of there are all acceptable, even though they're incorrect. If you spell it T-H-E-R-E or T-H-E-Y apostrophe R-E or T-H-E-I-R or T-H-I-E-R. On the, the, yeah, yeah,
1: oh. but that's, this is the thing. If, if we've got World English Shows, if we've got multiple English and each is slightly different, yeah. then we don't have a right.
0: But we do have a wrong.
1: So what's wrong? Pale bucket. Neither. They're
0: both right. The teacher who's the the teachers who are being inconsistent are wrong. The teachers who are confusing their students are wrong. It's exactly the same as if uh, I went to I went to class and I tried to teach the students in the same lesson five synonyms for something. So I I teach them Sneakers, trainers, runners, joggers and I'm sorry, but teach one when they know that you can teach them a synonym. It's a they're both wrong for confusing the students. Mm. And they're both doubly wrong for saying the other person is incorrect. <laughs> because that's a Okay, benefit of the doubt, it's ignorance. They just don't know that they are wrong. That that the other one is also an acceptable alternative. I hope that that's the case. Uh, in the same way that I have to accept. Okay, good example. Songs. Right. Okay, so those things that the world calls flip flops, uh, depending on which history you believe, were either invented in New Zealand or Australia. If we trace back, where did these type of this type of footwear come from? So, if they're invented in New Zealand, then the world is wrong. They are called jandals, because that's what they are in New Zealand English. Or if they're invented in Australia, then the world is wrong. They are called thongs, because that's what they're called in Australian English. But the fact of the matter is that the world calls them flip-flops. Some weirdos call them slip-slops. And two subgroups of English language speakers call them jandals or thongs. If I'm teaching my students, I take my students and I go and I teach them English in uh, Warrnambool, in in rural Victoria, rural-ish Victoria, then yes, I teach them thongs. Because if they say flip-flops, nobody knows what they're talking about because everyone around them is calling them thongs. But I'm not teaching my students ESL. They're not in Warrnambool where they're exposed to this standard English where they're thongs. They're here in Thailand. How many people that they meet are going to call them thongs?
1: Well, if you teach them thongs, uh, people who are listening to them will understand it, but they'll understand Actually, it as a no. different
0: thing. Oh, yes. They'll, understand they'll misunderstand them. Yes. Uh,
1: yep. Where are my
0: thongs? I don't know, and I don't want to look for them. <laughs>
1: Um, Alright, so I. Go- while, while you were. Ranting. ...tirating, yes. I. I. Ngram viewed. Is that a.
0: Ngram?
1: Right, so Ngram is the. Uh, oh,
0: okay. would have and would have. Yeah. Would um, have and would have.
1: How do you describe what an Ngram view is?
0: Um, it's one way of. It's uh, a st- statistical usage in written form of uh, of language right so you can type in you want to see which uh, which famous person has been mentioned more and you type in Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan and, yeah, and, you, and, it'll, get, it'll, and it'll tell you which one is more is commonly referred to in written texts which are largely uh, nonfiction okay
1: so I googled and I asked this engram viewer to compare the use of I wish I would have and I wish I would of.
0: Yep. And you found out that would of is so ridiculously rare that it's basically not used. Yes. I hope. Okay. I is hope it, it that's is, the answer. It
1: is very underused, but let's change this to American English. Okay. And, and see let's what happens. See if it then. leaps. And suddenly,
0: it disappears. <laughs> there is no would-ofs.
1: Right. So, in in that sense, then would-of is absolutely incorrect, and we can just say that that's incorrect.
0: Okay, but that's in American English in two thousand nine only. So, okay. you do American English on the in whole. General, right? Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Oh, there's a tiny little bit of woodovs. ofs
1: um, are those are those people wrong? Quite
0: rare. Yes. And wood. Oh, not even found in British English. There are no would-ofs. Every British person who's written something is correct. All right. <coughs> okay. So, based on that, I'm right. You're wrong. He's a wet fish. Slap. Slap.
1: Slap. But, but, I mean, the point is, if we're going to have multiple standards, we run this problem of going, well, no, the other people say that thing, which I just don't know about. And
0: no, I, I, I don't view it that way. I, I view it as... I'm. My role as a foreign language teacher, so I'm teaching English in Thailand, I've taught other places as well, my job is to teach my students to communicate. If everybody around them who is using English, and the majority of which are these English users, are actually other non-native speakers. I'm teaching English in Thailand. My students, yes, will communicate with the Australians and South Africans and, and Brits and Americans and etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. But they will also communicate with uh, Malaysians and Singaporeans and and Burmese and Germans and French and yada yada. I should be teaching what is most common. What is the most common and so I don't teach them thongs because that's uncommon. Four foot way. Yeah. for footwear. Now, uh, let's make it harder. I do teach a group of students once a year who are expressly studying for the purpose of learning English to get their English good enough to study in Australia.
1: So in that case, you want them to speak australian
0: not, I don't necessarily want them to speak Australian standard, but I definitely want them to be aware of the fact that thongs mean something different in Australia.
1: Yeah.
0: And if I don't do that, I'm doing them a disservice.
1: All right, let's 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 talk about the thing that we're trying not to talk about, the which pronunciation. is pronunciation. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> I, I deliberately try not to speak about it because, of course... In my view of this, is that your pronunciation is your pronunciation, and it's actually an identity marker, um, and okay, you shouldn't uh, try to change no, it.
0: No, I think uh, th- the big problem is that when most people think about pronunciation, that's it. They say, pronunciation. Pronunciation isn't a topic. Pronunciation is a bunch of topics.
1: Okay, let's talk about accent then.
0: Because, I mean, okay, accent... Okay, accent, accent is perfect. Yeah, pronunciation is it the there's,
1: there's also standards.
0: Yeah, okay. You, Just... Just pronunciation. Uh, sorry, just, just accent. accent. So, um, accent, uh, I'm, I'm going to say that people often think what they think accent is, isn't accent. What is accent? does accent what is Acc-
1: accent if it isn't
0: what it A lot of people think... Okay, watch, watch me speak. <laughs> Alright. Um, no, no, no. Do this for me. So, uh, please give me... a Speak like a Singaporean.
1: <laughs> I know it's hard, uh, but you lived there for a while.
0: A lie. sentence, yeah, please. Yeah, no, well,
1: that is a sentence. Uh, no, I can't do it. I can't. Well, you're talking about it with an accent,
0: right? Yeah. just do. No, I just want you to give me a Singaporean English sentence. Just speak the way a Singaporean. No, I can't do it. You can't say, uh, "This is a lovely day." No. You no. can't do it. Okay, all right, then do a bad, uh, do a bad like, TV accent. Pick a country, be German or French. Wait, what's Anna. your point? Give me one. No, I So can't I do can it. then tell you what, what accent. What accent? No, but I can't do accents,
1: I can I, I, I can do Australian, yeah? Australian accent's really easy because you just speak really loud and fast.
0: And a bit nasal, right? <laughs>
1: nasal.
0: Okay, perfect, that'll right. do. So, what you've just done is is, that is accent? Mm. You've changed some individual phonemes. Uh, and accents largely only change vowels. Mm. That's it. Okay, so if I go for a strong, a nice, strong Afrikaans accent. So I change my k to g. Okay. Okay. I change it g. And then I change my r to "aw. And you make
1: bok. every vowel a schwa.
0: Okay, let's, let's go to the park. Oh. Okay, okay. So I change three sounds. Okay, sounds, sounds. Okay, now I'm on four sounds. Okay, right. Oh, now I'm on five
1: sounds.
0: No, but what are you doing? Okay, so I change. I love, but it's hard to stick to the accent. <laughs> okay, so I've changed five sounds. Yeah. This is an accent. Six sounds now. Those six sounds, uh, I become a. I have a very strong accent by changing six. That's what accent is. I don't think you should teach accent. I think you, as an Australian, I don't think I should be saying out. I should be saying out, not out. Now my out, 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 that's still stronger than the British out, out, out. It's still stronger, but I don't teach it out, down, shout, round.
1: Yeah, but what you're saying here is that that you should be neutralizing your accent as an English language teacher. And you should be teaching the neutral version of... of, You should be
0: using that to drill the pronunciation of the students. And if they have slight variations in it, I don't think it matters. Mm -hmm. I do think it matters if the phonemes that they're using make them misunderstood. So the classic one for Thai students is... E, where this the the phoneme E exists in Thai, and it's exactly the same as the one in English, but the phoneme E does not exist in Thai. They have an equivalent, which is E. But not E. So when they say, when they say hit, they say hit, but they can't say heat. They say hit hit, hit They are misunderstood. When they say that, and, and another English language speaker, be they native or non-native, hears them say, put the shit on the bed, and it's... They, it sounds wrong.
1: Yeah, okay, so... I,
0: I should be correcting but then, but them then if then they're, they're misunderstood, because that's a fluency issue.
1: Well, that's an intelligibility
0: issue. It's, it's fluency, the ability to communicate your meaning. pronunciation. No, mean, the their accent is, is affecting their fluency.
1: Well, th- but anybody who knows that accent well enough will know what they're talking, and anybody with enough contextual understanding of what goes on to the beds, if we're in a hotel, should
0: understand what's going on as well. I don't and- know. I've stayed in some pretty crappy hotels.
1: <laughs> nice pun <then.
0: laughs> Yes. All right. So, that's no, no. no but the thing that uh, most people confuse the accent thing. Mm. They're actually talking about rhythm. Word stress, sentence stress, intonation, uh, all those things. Ellipsis and well, yes, those are, those and allusion. And those
1: are issues of pronunciation.
0: Those, but those are issues of the rhythm of a particular language. And sometimes when we say, you've got a strong French accent, we actually mean the sounds you are using are correct. So it's not a, a phoneme issue. It's a rhythm issue. This is a pizza. That's not the rhythm of... That's not the word and sentence stress. So, should we be teaching rhythm? Yes. Teach the rhythm of standard English. That's it. And... uh, the Look, the American-British pronunciation thing... I, I don't like it, but I have to accept the fact that... Ask and ask are both correct because they're both what, not just used, but also accepted, understood uh, as correct by the majority of English language speakers. Therefore, which one's correct, ask or ask? The answer is yes, they're both correct. Uh, what do my students need to know? As opposed, uh, you know who are they going to be using the language with? I don't think it matters, ask and ask. I think everybody in the world understands that both of those are the same word. Mm. It doesn't matter.
1: And on that very tolerant note...
0: I think we've resolved nothing.
1: Yes. (laughs) Indeed. Let's have a word from our sponsors, because they're important to us. Today, our sponsor is iced tea. Iced tea? Iced tea, yes.
0: Isn't Um, that a bit sugary for Steve's taste?
1: Well, there's sugary versions and non sugary versions. And when you're thirsty and you've done a whole podcast... A nice
0: clinky clinky glass of
1: iced tea with ice in it. As long as
0: it's got ice in it, then it's not overly sweet.
1: Yeah. So if you're not a sugary person, you can choose the non-sugary
0: option. No, don't. They always have saccharin or some other weird additive in them that make them have a weird aftertaste.
1: There's some some that are really not sugary at all.
0: Yeah, I tried one in Thailand. It smelled like feet.
1: Don't try that one.
0: Anyway, It it tasted okay, but I couldn't get over the odor. It's like, (laughs) what? Don't drink feet.
1: And uh, teachers everywhere enjoy iced tea because they, it helps soothe accent issues and calm nerves.
0: Alright, so see you next time. Have, yeah, Yeah. okay, great. Yeah. Tuffle Waffle is proudly brought to you by the Nonstop Bufflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email twuffle at gmail.com or visit twufflewaffle.com.